Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, October 14th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. You know, as always, make sure that you're on our Patreon for Broadway Radio. And I say that very specifically. Now and (laughs) always, but especially now. Especially literally this very moment, because uh, there will be a Patreon version of tonight's episode because we will be discussing in full, is this a room both off-Broadway and on? And we want to mention that Thoughts of a Colored Man did have its opening night tonight. And we're going to get into those reviews in just a minute. Um, and, and I do want to have some extended thoughts on that that we'll include in the Is This a Room special Patreon episode. But we are in this uh, episode going to make sure that we are centering Black writers instead of mm-hmm. providing all of our uh, <laughs> not Black commentary. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just not important <laughs> right now. So um, all that being said, also tonight... Happy reopening day to Girl from the North Country. Yeah. Speaking of white people. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> no crap. Bob Dylan. Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, like, uh, it was funny because I, I saw some people at the invited dress and they were super excited about, mm-hmm. you know, getting to see the show and it reopening. And I know they've already kind of had an opening last, right. oh, oh gosh, yeah. like a year and a half ago. In March. Um, it was like a couple days before the pandemic yeah. shut down. Yeah. So I, I'm curious still. I haven't seen the show. I can't wait to have my own thoughts. Have you seen it? I saw it in London, and I... Oh, what? Uh, yeah, I saw it in its original <laughs> incarnation. I didn't see it off-Broadway. Um, I didn't have amazing thoughts about it in London, yeah. and that I thought that it should have been... It was like it was a very beautifully orchestrated review, and not a musical. Um, oh, interesting. But, but I would very much love to see it in the Broadway transfer, um, and kind of okay. have... One, have my memory jogged a bit about it, because mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you single thing about it other than the orchestrations um but also just to see see how that transfer worked and see the new cast members of course because that's why we're there to support shows is so people can work that's right that's right (laughs) and definitely not uh eight shows in a five-day period here we go exactly so like we just said Tonight, Keenan Scott II's Thoughts of a Color Man opened to many reviews by white, black, and BIPOC critics alike weighing in. And today, we are happy to find that there was an, there were a number of black writers reviewing the show, and we will be reading yeah. those highlights to you now. So last week, I had a, the privilege of seeing the show, and um, I was really elated by uh, finding some reviews that I felt reflected a lot of my thoughts that I were that I was I was I was nervous that we're going to be out into the world. Um, but mm-hmm. but here we go. So starting with Maya Phillips for the New York Times, she wrote, uh, there are barely any mentions of how whiteness shapes the Black experience in America, and Black women are mostly entirely forgotten, except as victims in one grossly sensationalized monologue by lust or objects of desire. The characters' poems which are awkwardly incorporated into scenes of regular dialogue about how to pick up women or which Jordans are the best, allow the men to describe and emote, but not to advance any message. Mm. It all remains at surface level. For uh, Lovia Garkey, uh, for The Hollywood Reporter writes, bold in vision and written and directed by Black people that I want to succeed in the glaringly white world of theater. And yet... Days after seeing this entertaining but emotionally inert play, I am resistant to passing judgment plagued by the ways it fell short for me. After the past several years, when public conversations about blackness and masculinity have become more nuanced, thoughts of a colored man can feel basic in its observations Mm. about both. 
And finally, from BIPOC writer Naveen Kumar for Variety Magazine. But if the latest welcome influx of work by Black artists should prove anything, it's challenging the notion that Black voices and the experiences they express are a novelty. Thoughts of a Colored Man lays essential foundations for embracing the humanity of its subjects, while at the same time longing for a world that obviates its existence. So this is really interesting. <laughs> yes. Well, um, there's a there's a huge dichotomy in in what I did not read to exactly. you, by the way, right? Because is exactly uh, what yeah. I was going to mention. Which, <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, I, uh, as I told Grace before we started recording, because I was uh, predisposed, I didn't get a chance to read any of the reviews before the show of Thoughts of a Colored Man. Um, but what I could tell from our grand group text that you can get into for approximately $10,000 a month, the, there was a very clear dichotomy, as you said, between BIPOC critics and white critics were other than like, apparently, uh, time out, which gave it like a really mixed review. All the other white critics were pretty much raving about it. Um, I can't speak to the show. You've, you've seen the show and we're going to, pro- we're going to get into that more in the, the longer Patreon episode just to kind of get your review and how you feel about it. Cause we're really trying to keep our extended reviews on our Patreon. Um, but one, I am absolutely delighted to have this many reviews by BIPOC critics, um, especially black critics, because we were talking about this earlier. Um, I wanted to say earlier in the year, but I mean, just like a couple months ago and Passover came out, how everyone talking about the show and writing articles about the show and features about the show in advance of it were you know, mostly black writers. And then when reviews came out, it was everybody was white, uh, give or take a couple of people. And we don't have that here, thankfully, which is honestly really refreshing. And I'm thrilled to see that. I'm, I'm also really happy that, you know, we, because of this dichotomy, we are, we are getting what are the, uh, you know, professionally unfiltered thoughts of these yeah. black critics and BIPOC critics, because there seems to be a really important split here in the show. We are seeing, um, as Maya Phillips wrote in the Times, this seemingly kind of depth to speaking about male emotions, but not necessarily to advance anything. And then mm-hmm. black women being completely left out of the picture, which I mean, the title, Thoughts of a Colored Man. Oh, and there, <laughs> but when they are mentioned, mm. as this critic like notably points out, yeah. they're, they're victims. Um, the victims, there's uh, yeah, a, or a very, very sensationalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> great <laughs> um so i am i'm really appreciative to have that here i'm really appreciative yeah. to for this conversation around this show and what i think is a really important show to be on broadway and also i i get that feeling um of wanting to as olivia garkey said for the hollywood reporter being resistant about passing judgment because mm-hmm. it's 
up until now, and I mean, we're probably unfortunately going to see it in later seasons and certainly the back half of this season that Mm -hmm. works by black playwrights, especially are few and far between. So to how you want these shows to succeed on Broadway and you want these shows to do justice to not only the writers, but the populations that they're talking about, the demographics that they are written for. So I want shows like this to succeed. Um, and it's both. I'm both glad, like I said, I'm both glad to have this kind of split in reviews here, but also a bit disheartened that there is the split in reviews here, that it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a success for the people that it was meant to be a success for, I guess. And it's interesting because like there were just so many, especially on social media, I saw so many people um, actually, now that I'm looking at it, all white uh, critics um, yeah. praising it, being like, it's That's still lingering thing. on me. And, and so I, and then I, I saw a lot of people that I do follow very silent up until this moment mm. where people are releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it, it is very difficult position. And at the same time, like I'm, I'm so happy that we're welcoming all of these conversations. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, no, I really agree with you. And again, like, I really hope that everyone is able to go into our show notes and click on these articles and, and read the mm-hmm. entire conversation review. Cause we're only able to give you a little splice sure, of it, exactly. but there are so many mentions of like, I, and I want to say this Delon Burnside's delivery and just his, his mere presence on stage is so electric and beautiful. And, um, there, there are a lot of wins and especially like the, the production value of the show. Um, so I do want to say that like, I, I welcome anyone's, uh, ability to co- go see it and how, and, and whatever conversation you want to have after that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of that. <laughs> Let's take a moment from the show to talk about our Patreon. So like we said earlier, we at Broadway Radio are eager, eager beavers to bring you even more exclusive content, roundtable discussions, interviews, and as we will mention at the end of the show again, in-depth reviews. So we're able to keep the lights on thanks to you, our patrons and listeners. So please continue to support us throughout our season because being a Patreon subscriber means that you get to have the news before everyone else as the Broadway season continues to open up. You know, there's a lot to talk about as we do famously talk about it every day. We never shut up, in fact. (laughs) We, in fact, have to cut... a lot. Oh, goodness. So make sure that you go to our patreon.com slash Broadway radio to learn more. And then uh, let us know what you think. Let us know that you like that content. Cause I think you like it. I know you like it. <laughs> so as it turns out, pressure actually works. Uh, we've talked to weird, <laughs> weird. Can't, can't relate. Um, we've talked <laughs> to you guys about the fact that like Jeremy O'Hara's slave play was included in center theater groups, 2022 programming. But after the playwright saw the lack of gender inclusionary programming for playwrights, he asked that his play be removed. Now, since he's decided to reinstate his show due to the fact that center theater groups response to exclusively feature women identifying or non-binary playwrights at the Mark Tapper forum next season is actually going to happen. So in addition to this, the same season will have a majority of women identifying or non-binary playwrights at the Kirk Douglas theater, where both venues are going to focus on BIPOC artists. 
That's a win. Like that is, you know, the and best. this wasn't like yeah. he he removed the play and then they decided to do that. They were not fully transparent, and this is not a right. shade on them. They no, just sure. weren't fully transparent with their plans, and so their their response. And Ashley and I talked about this last week. Like it was so thorough and so helpful that I hope that this is the future for how we handle things. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, as you mentioned, that they they were planning on doing the thing and then were not as open with it as they should have been communicating that, uh, both to people who are clearly part of the season, but also people outside of the season. Um, and we need to have that. We need to have that level of transparency so people... Well, we don't have one. We don't have this situation again where playwrights um, are pulling their shows out because they feel like they are domineering and, and taking over the conversation mm-hmm. from other people who need to be on the stage, who are thankfully also on, who are thankfully were supposed to be on the stage and it just didn't happen. Like it wasn't being verbalized. Um, I was on, yeah, as we, as we talked about, I was really impressed by CTG's response. I think that's a hundred percent the way that they should have handled it. I, it's honestly really refreshing when a theater company releases a statement that actually is like, yeah, we, we messed up. We weren't transparent. We were, here's the things we were actually going to do. Here's how we're going to change. And like, you actually see the change pretty immediately mm-hmm. um i love that i'm i'm really happy to see that i'm really happy to not be mad <laughs> at a theater company that i know is doing great work and to can do better and i'm i'm you know it's it seems like everyone has won out of the situation and that makes me really happy here yeah win 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 when win, we win, all win. win we win when we win we win exactly so um, I got to bring it back down because that was just such a high oh, and God. some upsetting and not shocking <laughs> news, right? That's I'm here. I'm here to. I'm the good cop, bad cop, and <laughs> all in one. It's like a Tostino's pizza roll. Exactly. It's like, do Ooh, I want to eat burn your this? Mouth. I kind of do. Don't burn your mouth, though. Yeah, the pocket gets so hot, right? Ooh. All right. So according to Ashley Lee of the LA Times, honestly, one of my favorite reporters, uh, incredible. Um, Hamilton. Right. Hamilton LA cast member Suni Reed said that they were sidelined and eventually let go in September from the Hamilton uh, LA production because of requesting a gender neutral space at the Pantages Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, That's where Hamilton was playing at the time. Of course, when requesting a separate dressing space that was not in line with their binary, they were harassed. Cast member uh, Rory O'Malley offered to give up his private room to help accommodate theirs and other non-binary cast members to no avail Eventually, yeah, like legend. Um, eventually, they let the cast member go. Uh, their lawyers said, "Quote publicly, Hamilton is a beacon of diversity, and it appears uh, and appears committed to causes seeking social justice and harmony." But behind the curtain, however, the company's management will force out a black transgender cast member simply because they stood up for themselves and advocated for a more equitable workspace, and therefore called the public image into question. Uh, the entire article, I highly recommend reading the whole thing because. I mean, the, their complaint is like 28 pages long. So um, what they're able to consolidate into this article was um, really, really helpful for me to understand the mm. whole situation. And I've supported SUNY for a while yeah. uh, because they were hoping to open a um, a cafe in, in Los Angeles because they realized there were no oh, black owned wow. cafes. Do you remember that. this? I didn't. It's I called Zuni's Cafe. Um, oh. Z-U-N-I. And uh, their journey is fascinating. And it kind of breaks my heart that this is how we're all learning about it. At the same time, yeah. like, 
I have I have uh, learned from from uh, people in my life that they are very scared often to speak up about this exact thing. Like sure. I'm not joking no. from multiple people about the fact that the the dressing space situation has become really difficult. It's it's really frustrating to think that. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything because I'm scared that I'll get fired. And I exactly. have often said like, or a, even I mean, if it's sorry, if even no, not yeah. fired, just retaliated against in some way, as, right. you know, as happened here and just, you know, harassed until they were eventually let go. Mm-hmm. And, and I have said in the past up until this very day, I don't think that would happen. I don't, I really don't think that would happen. I think it's great that you're being vocal and I've been so supportive and la 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 about it. And I, Today was the day that I said, um, I am very wrong. wrong. Yeah. 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 Because, uh, this literally happened. And this is the first person that's been vocal about it. I can't tell you how many people that this might have happened to that we don't know about. Oh, absolutely. It's scary and it hurts. And, and I just want people to feel safe and comfortable. That's literally it. These people aren't asking to have a white couch right. in their dressing room like JLo. They're just mm-hmm. asking to be comfortable where they change, which is where you're very vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, safe, comfortable, and supported by, you know, their employer and the people around them, their co-workers. Their co- it's so Suni Reed uh it was yeah. it, or was an ensemble member, a former ensemble member and an understudy for several principal roles. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's really important to mention, or, you know, we've obviously mentioned it, but it's really important to mention that th- this, they were in Hamilton, what is considered at this point, the biggest show in the world, I would say. Yeah, um, no, I, and the, the most notably, um, touted for inclusivity. Exactly. Exactly. What I was just about to say it has been such a major point and rightfully so. Uh, promotion on colorblind or color inclusive casting, all of that. And just in general, I, I, a diverse cast and to have something like this happen behind the scenes in such a prominent way against one of your cast members, against anybody who works on your production for that matter, and in any version of your production, whether it's Broadway, LA, a regional production at some point. If you are front facing to the public touting your show as being this like haven for whomever, and then are not, are not only allowing this to happen behind the scenes, but also actively, <laughs> like you're the one actively doing it. There is. And there's, I know that company management is not the same as Lin Manuel Miranda. Like, no, we no, know no, this, no, you no, know, <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Um, but I think it's, it's a really important thing that needs to be said. And it's an important thing for any show, but I think it's really important to, uh, at least focus somewhat on the fact that this is Hamilton. This is not like some little unknown show. This is a major production of the biggest show in the world. And this is happening. So as you said, like, this is happening all the time. Non-binary and trans people are getting sidelined and harassed and let go in and just not feeling safe or supported 
in their jobs, in the produ- the productions that they work in. And this is kind of, this isn't even like the biggest level of which we've seen it. And it's not even the only conversation we've had about <laughs> trans people and their productions being harassed in some way yeah. this month. We've talked about Jagged Little Pill. Um it, it just, it's so disheartening to see in the, in terms of the theater community, which, you know, Hamilton touts itself as being diverse and inclusive. Broadway itself is like, we're the most inclusive medium that exists. And then we keep having conversations like this. We keep having conversations like Tony's so white. Uh, and it's just, it's a never ending thing. And I wish I could, I, I simultaneously, simultaneously wish I was surprised. And I'm disappointed by the fact that I'm surprised still. So I, uh, I hope because even they said in the article, like they still hope to be in Hamilton. They love the show. They love performing. They fell in love with it years ago when they got to see it uh, on Broadway when they won a $10 uh, front row ticket. But um, so it's not about, it's not punishment. It's 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 accountability. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we are going to have to get into is this a room conversations with Ashley because yes. I know that she saw it Man. at the Vineyard. I got to see it last week on Broadway. We're going to talk about is this a room. If you're already here listening on Patreon, thank you. If you uh, want to hear that and you're listening to the regular Today on Broadway show, what do you do? Yeah, come on. What are you doing? It's time to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. Don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio for more conversations. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever at It's Grace Aki. Mm-hmm. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. Thank you guys so much. We will see you tomorrow. Bye.